the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So who do you say Jesus is? How you respond to that question says a lot about what type of person you are, spiritually speaking, as we'll see next. So was he a good man, was he a good prophet, or was he indeed God? That's the question we're examining here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Our series is called Jesus Christ, the Revealer of God. And our message today is simply entitled, Who Do You Say Jesus Christ Is? And then at the close of our program, Pastor Phil has a book by the same title, and we'll tell you how you can obtain a copy. For now, let's catch up with Pastor Phil on today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Let's begin in John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness has not understood it, and the marginal reading is, or overcome it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. Not the writer of the book, but John the baptizer. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. I want us just to pick up the verse 6 through verse 13 and focus on who do you say Jesus Christ is? John's first 18 verses called the prologue to his gospel is in seminal form everything he will expand in the rest of the book. Who this man is. Let me uh, kind of refresh for you where we've been and what he's already said. First verse, he says, this Christ, this one called the Word, preexisted all of eternity. He was before time, before space, before matter. Secondly, he was in eternal communion with the Father. He used the word, he was face-to-face with the Father, meaning equality, and also a reciprocal fellowship 
that went on with them before he ever made man. Sometimes we have the feeling there was necessity on God to create. God did not need to create. He did not need to make a universe. He did not need to make man. He did not need to make angels because the Trinity God was completely satisfied with each other. No necessity. And get rid of Darth Vader. Evil is not eternal, as the Gnostics taught. The dualism of eternal evil and eternal good is nonsense. There was a time there was nothing but good. When God decided to create creatures with volitional choice, then sin entered into the world, first through angels, and then into the human race through Adam and Eve. So, he was back there enjoying fellowship with the Father. Then, it says, he is one that we can call God. The Word was being God. So, here is a clear reference that would have got John thrown out of the synagogue or getting stoned at a mosque because he said Christ was not just a prophet, the Word was not just a man, but the Word is called God. The nature and quality of God. Then he goes on to say, He is the source of everything that was ever created. Whether it's time, space, or matter, he created. He is the agent through which the Father created everything. And then it uses this language, he is God's light. And when you read John in 1 John in this gospel, light is usually a reference to divine life manifested. And so when we think of God's life and being manifested, it's like a great light. He wasn't a giant light bulb. He was eternal life on display. So you see the interchange between life and light. Life and light. Now, when he enters into this human arena, we're going to see three things. Number one, God stooped to pick human witnesses to introduce his son. Although he's very God or very God, why would he need a mere man to be a forerunner? Why does he need men to witness for him at all? The stars shout out his glory. Creation shouts out his glory. But God has chosen to use men and women to bear witness to who he really is. Then we want to look at how the world responded to the coming of this one who is called God. And thirdly, let us look at what made a difference in those few who welcomed him. Why did they welcome him in contrast to the world's rejection of him? Well, uh, I would think right now as I begin to look at a great explanation of who Jesus is, C.S. Lewis had a famous apologetic approach to Christ. And his approach was this way. Jesus Christ is either who he said he was or he is a liar or he is delusional and that would make him a lunatic. Or if he is really who he says he said he was, maybe he's Lord and he's worship, worthy of worship. So he, if he claims to be God, if the gospel say he is God and he's not, he's clearly a liar. And a liar cannot be a good man. And if he's delusional, 
We would all be crazy to base our faith on someone that was said to be delusional. His own neighbors said he's out of his mind in Mark, and they also say he was under the influence of a demon. I have visited people in J wards who thought they were Jesus Christ, but they were not. So was he deluded? Was he fanatical? Had he taken on too much Palestinian sun to have an accurate estimation of who he was? Or thirdly, is he Lord of Lords and King of Kings? And if he's that, he's not just a good man. He's just not a nice philosopher. He's someone we should bow before and acknowledge as being God or very God. So he's a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's Lord. But he can't be a nice man and lie to us. And he can't be a nice man to follow if he's a lunatic. He, you've got to make up your mind, who is this Jesus? Now, John the baptizer comes along. It starts saying that he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. John the baptizer was not the light. Because many wanted to make him that way. He was the greatest prophet that ever lived. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light is Christ coming into the world. And John the baptizer in camel skin coats and a diet of honey and locusts. And seemed a little wild eyed and totally different. Away from the priesthood in Jerusalem. Away from the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the Herodians. This man came out of the wilderness as Isaiah 40 said. And a voice began to cry out. Here, here is the light. Here is the light. This is the man. I came to tell you this is the Messiah. This is the one we've been waiting for. Look down at verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He then says, this is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. And you know, in the genealogy, John the baptizer was born physically before Christ was, but he knows he's eternal. He was before I even existed. He was back there. I'm here to bear witness. John 3, he says, he must increase. I must decrease. And when he was in great discouragement and in prison and was to be beheaded the next day, his disciples were sent by him and said, maybe I made a mistake about this one. Let me tell you, when you get discouraged, you can have fantasies in your mind that are not true. He began to be discouraged. He thought, maybe I missed it. Here I am getting ready to be beheaded just through a sensuous dancer. And I'm getting ready to die, the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. And his disciples went and inquired of Jesus, are you really the one? Or was John wrong about you? Did he make a mistake? And Jesus said, go tell John the blind see, the deaf hear, Captives are set free. The dead are raised again. He was not wrong. He's only discouraged. Go tell him he was absolutely right about me. 
I think it's an amazing thing that John was said to be a witness, and this is the very same language that the book of Acts picks up for us. You shall be my witnesses. You're not Christianity. You're not the light. You're not the feature. We only bear witness to what God is and what he has done in Jesus Christ. But would you like some witnesses that stood up in the gospel of John? Oh, I knew you did, so I just made a few references. Let me just give you a few. Uh, Look here. Look in chapter 1, verse 40. Uh, Well, let's go a little bit. Yeah, verse 40. Andrew, Simon's Peter brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said about Jesus and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. I used to be around fellowships that they wore Andrew pins. And the Andrew pin was, I'm going to tell my brothers who Jesus is. Uh, You know what? Did you know all God wants you and I to do is to be his witnesses? You can't save. You can't convince. You can only bear testimony. Because John, throughout his book, he loves courtroom language. He says the Spirit comes to convict. And that word convict is a lawyer's term. He comes to present his brief to win his case in the minds of people. And this very language of witness, it's bring the witnesses to the court. And guess what? Court is still in session for you and I. Who do you say Jesus Christ is? And I know I'm preaching to the choir. You ought to be saying, I know who he is. Why are you preaching to me? Because you got me for a preacher. <laughs> and I'm just preaching with the word of God. But I wish the place was packed with unbelievers. Just reading the testimony of the man who's adopted my grandson. He was a Hindu worshiper. Went to the Hawaiian Islands and was a thoroughbred vegetarian and a Hindu. As I was reading his testimony and was all into Eastern religion. And then finally, another surfboard maker in Oahu told him who the Jesus really was and lived out Christ in front of him so that now he switched from the east and he finally bowed before Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? Andrew said, he's really Peter. He's really the Messiah, the Christ, which is blasphemous words to a Jew. They knew what Messiah meant. They knew what Christ meant. This is no ordinary man. You go down, look at here at Philip in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there, Nathanael asked? Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus said, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. I was a long ways, natural eyes wouldn't let you see. He saw him out of omniscience. He saw him out of omnipresence. You see, he can move into that anytime he wanted to. Then Nathaniel said, Rabbi, 
You are the Son of God. This is blasphemy now. This is a Jew saying, you're the Son of God. This is blasphemy. He gets stoned for this. Son of God. And John never uses Son of God to refer to believers. Paul picked up that language. This is, you're uniquely one who shares God's nature. For the word son in Jewish thought meant to share the nature of a father. They understood that. When you said, Ben, someone, you share the nature. And he said, you are the son of God. That makes you the king of Israel. Right. Just like that. You go over to chapter 3. He tells a religious ruler, I am the son of God, and you need to be born again. Chapter 2, he does a miracle. His first miracle, king of Galilee. He exercises the creator's prerogative over water, turns water to wine, showing his almighty power as creator God. He's saying, my miracles will show that I am God. Chapter 4, he takes the city harlot, and he meets her at the well. And he reveals to her her need of God, a woman of another religion, not a Jew, a Samaritan, a half-breed, a mongrel, despised by the Jewish people. Great racial animosities between these two people. But Jesus revealed himself to her, and it says she went to the city and witnessed. And when Jesus came to the town, the whole city turned out to meet a man that would introduce a harlot to eternal life. You see, it doesn't matter where you come from, where you've been. You can become a witness for who he is. And that's the greatest compliment God could ever give you, is to employ you as one of the witnesses of who his son is. You get over in chapter 5, he says, uh, the works I do testify that I'm God. I can raise people from the dead. 536, I'll read it to you. I have testimony weightier than that of John for the very work that the Father has given me to finish and which I am doing testifies that the Father has sent me. My very works testify for me. If I had time, I would show you verses in John where the Father says, I testify, this is my Son. You remember at his baptism when the Spirit of God descended upon him and they perceived God bears testimony that this light, this one called the Word, is truly God, a very God. Let me tell you, we're in the court of human opinion. Being politically correct seems to be the in vogue language of the day. Let us be sure. I just uh, read in the paper where uh, they were having an athlete speak in Southern California. Because he was of Jewish background, they had to suspend with all Christmas carols so as not to stumble or offend. You know what I noticed? We don't stop anything in this country today if it's Muslim, if it's this, or if it's that. But when you start bearing witness, to who the light is, there's where the offense is. ACLU will show up immediately when you say the light is Christ. But we must bear witness. That's why the ACLU doesn't run Valley Bible Church. We don't pay rent to them. We are God's witnesses. And if the building was disbanded and you and I were scattered in persecution, the rest of our life is committed to one thing. Jesus Christ is the light that comes for every man. Are you witnessing for him? Do they know it on your job? Don't be an obnoxious witness. Wear deodorant. Brush your teeth. Wear some cologne. Don't, don't, don't look 
don't be a morbid Christian and yuck. He says, yeah, we smell them. We see them. They're unkept. No, be the sharpest thing you can be for God, but say, my mouth has been employed to bear witness to who the light is. You know, the greatest discovery I think any of us make is that all of creation wasn't made to adore you. Now, that has not hit some of you yet. But everything doesn't exist for you. We exist for him. It's about him. And so if God would use a man in a old camel skin garment that probably fire seemed to come out of him when he baptized him, when he could call the rulers of Israel a generation of vipers and snakes. This is some man. And he said, this is the Christ. This is the Lamb of God. And so the Christmas message is, Jesus, we got the real thing when Jesus came. We got the real light, the light that never goes out. And it's used, there's a Greek word used of John, and the word does not mean a light, it means lamp. And lamps are not self-sustaining. Lamps have to be refurnished. They have to have more oil. They have to be maintained. But the light never needs maintenance. This is what Christ is. I am the eternal light. I am not maintained. I am God, self-sustaining. Now, let us see how the world responded to the true light. How have they responded to the witness? And I think we now move into some of the uh, most moving language. Uh, I only wish I could catch the pathos of it. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. The word world here is not only used of creation, but John uses world to describe humanity in its hostility towards God. Humanity under the governing power of the prince of the air. So he's not thinking about trees and animals. He's thinking about all of humanity energized in its adversity against God. So he says, he came into the world of humanity, and though the world was made through him, creation, and even your own existence, the world did not recognize him. What a statement that God could visit your town and never be recognized. Not his identity uh, to recognize. We take the idea of identity. Imagine if I had to get up here today and say, I want to prove to you that I am the son of L.J. Howard. You say, I don't believe it. Prove it. Prove your identity. Well, uh, I have the last name. Okay, but you, that could be a fabrication. Well, that's true. Uh, you got any proof? Well, I've got a li- driver's license, but you can buy one for $5, made in the right part of town. Uh, prove who you are. Well, let me do some stuff. Uh, how about raising the dead? How about turning water to wine? You say you're the creator? Does the wind know who you are? It does. Peace. Be still. Do the waves know who you are? Be still. Flatten out. 
walk on water? What about when you ride on a donkey that's never been ridden on before? Does he know who you are? Why didn't he buck him off? He knew the Creator was setting on him. And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church, and we would also invite you to stop by our website and take advantage of added resource materials we've made available through this ministry. You see, as we come to you on a daily basis, it's our hope and desire that you grow in Christ, that you find yourself sustained by His grace through the teaching and preaching of His Word. Along those lines, we've created Truth For Today Radio, which is a website that contains a lot of other extracurricular resource materials that you can add to your relationship with Christ as you seek to grow in Him. We also have information about who we are, what we believe, and worship opportunities at Valley Bible Church, where this broadcast originates, here in Hercules. We have directions, we have service times, all of it. It's available at truthfortodayradio.org. If you would like to contact us by phone, you're welcome to do so at 855-833-9864. Again, that's 855-833-9864. As always, you're welcome to write to us. The address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. Oh, and by the way, as you come alongside Truth For Today in a financial way, for a gift of $10 or more, we'll send you Pastor Phil Howard's book called Jesus Christ, The Revealer of God. Now, this is an amazing book, a book that takes a look at Christ and how he does, in fact, reveal God in every aspect of his life. Again, this book is yours for a gift of $10 or more when you support the ministry Truth For Today. Simply call or stop by our website and pay us a visit there and order your copy. Again, for a gift of $10 or more as you support Truth For Today. Reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.